WFOD starts now. WFOD. My name is Mike. I am joined by the king of pranks, the albino alligator, the Duke of Denim, a Jaguar Impressive. Uh, which ones am I missing, Travis? It's me. I'm here. Hi, Travis. I'm here. Travis Guy- is here. Guys, coming up after the break, we're going to be talking to Harrison Scott Key. Travis, he's, a, he's an author man. Uh, looking forward to talking to him. Uh, Travis, can I tell you something real quick right out of the gate? What's that? People, people who live, what is the population of your, of where you live? Like, I mean, the, you're in like sub suburbies, right? Yeah, like, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's but I, plenty of people here. Traffic, Travis, don't like it. Yeah, it's insane, right? So, like, people where like that live where you live, like to have like a sporting event in your city is like not that big of a deal right not really nah yeah it's like all right traffic's a little bit it's gonna take me a little bit longer to get through this get through that or whatever sure uh our neighboring town stevens point wisconsin they're actually starting here very soon uh like within the next couple of days and i'm not sure when this is gonna drop but they're hosting the pga senior open what's the senior open uh i don't know is it 50 and above who who knows it's a pga event but this town, it's a college town, so typically, I guess, in, in the in the fall, winter, there's a lot of people there. But this is a town of, I don't know, 30,000, 40,000 people max. I don't even think it's that many. And that's probably during the school year. The The population of, of this town is going to more than double with this PGA Senior Open coming into town. Like, hotels are booked for miles and miles and miles <laughs> in any direction like i'm we're going to be avoiding our neighboring town like the plague uh for this upcoming week because they're uh estimating at least fifty thousand people is it like when come- it rains travis you go get your bread and milk so that you don't have to go anywhere <laughs> right and typically not up here nobody gives a shit about the rain but if there's a blizzard coming yeah you go and take care of all that i would think there's actually a, a a lot of people that i have talked to who have people who live in stevens point they're actually all just kind of leaving town and like airbnb their house they're like all right whatever let's make a bunch of money and get the fuck out of here because uh, nobody wants to deal with it so it's just like Imagine if you live in a smaller town and 50,000 people converge <laughs> for one week upon your town, how crazy that is. And that's that's what our neighboring town is going to. That's so all just to watch people golf? That's watch, That's just to watch people golf at the Century World Complex. Uh, and like I said, I don't know exactly what the PGA Senior Open is, but it must be a big fucking deal because my God, are they prepping for it? Like it's the goddamn apocalypse. So I just had to get that out there. In terms of, I, I have a 
weird massage gun story. Uh, oh, let me hear it. So my, my wife goes to the chiropractor. Oh, yes. And sometimes when she goes to the chiropractor, they use one of those massage gun things on her a little bit. Is it a massage? Is it the massager or is it like the, the spine jackhammer? It's like the one that. Oh, yeah. The spine jackhammer. It's got like a. Yeah. Point in it. Yeah. Like, it's oh, like a little jackhammer thing. And yeah, so I love that thing. She said, you know, that thing, it, it feels great. I like it a lot. I'm going to do a little bit of research and find a good one. And we should just have one of those in the house. Oh, and boy. <laughs> so she she did it and she found a reasonably priced one on Amazon and she bought it and it was great. We we had it in the house for maybe a year or so, but then all of a sudden we couldn't find the goddamn charger for it. Did you being that she went goes to the chiropractor and you didn't. Were you a fan of it right away, or was it like a shocking feeling to you? The first it was. Time? It was shocking. Yes. Yeah. Right. I got yeah, used to it real quick, Travis. I I enjoy the massage gun. Right. But then, like we just we had this big paperweight that we couldn't because we couldn't find the charger for it. And so I just got a bug up my ass a week or two ago. I need to figure out how to get a new one of these chargers because we've looked around. We can't find the fucking thing. Don't know what to do. And it used to be that chargers were almost universal. Like yeah. you could have like a, a, a charger for like a, a cordless screwdriver <laughs> that would plug into like a fucking drone, right? Like yeah, all of them yeah. would plug into each other. You could charge a goddamn car battery with these fucking things that would be used to charge. But now everybody makes their own chargers. So they fuck you in the ass. You got to buy a new one. I found the order in Amazon and I, I looked up on Amazon and I said, hey, how do I get a new charger for this? And they said, well, I mean, that's a third party seller. We'll email them. I'm like, okay. And then they just, they didn't get back to me. I'm like, what the fuck? And so uh, just by happenstance, I saw on the inside of the box for our massage gun, there was an email address. So I emailed, and I just said, Hey, where do I get a new charger for this fucking thing? Like I I'll pay for it. I've lost it. It's my fault. Right. Of course. And they just replied, well, what's your address? We'll mail you a charger. Oh, that's nice. Well, it gets weirder, Travis. Oh, because I, I said, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Here's my address. Thanks so much. We, I appreciate Thank you. you. It's me, great. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And so like a week or so goes by, Travis, and I get a package on my doorstep. They just <laughs> mailed me another massage gun. Oh, man. And so that that's very nice. Yeah. But I didn't provide them with, like, proof that I ordered one. Right. <laughs> I sent an email to a Gmail address, Travis, and a massage gun showed up at my house. And it works. The charger, you know, charges both of them. So now we just is, have two. Which is sweet, because if something goes wrong with one, you got a backup. Is it weird that I'm very suspicious of this. I'm waiting for the catch. Oh, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is because we've, we've had experiences like that before where we've emailed the company be like, Oh yeah, we'll send you a replacement part. And then like the whole thing shows up for <laughs> more, more parts than what Do you, you think they just, they don't up. have them just laying around. They, just, they only have think, it in the package and they're just like, eh, fuck it. I don't think they care. The amount of people that yeah. probably actually email to be like, Hey, could you, you know what I mean? Like, like they're just like, oh, whatever. 
they already have them all prepackaged. You're like, just slap a fucking address label on this and send this to these people. It's we're not. It's not really costing <laughs> us anything. They already bought the goddamn thing. These things probably cost next to nothing. Here you go. You yeah. Know? Should should I give people the email address so that they can get free uh, massage guns, Travis? Or should I just not look a gift horse in the mouth? Should I just be put that in the show notes? <laughs> <laughs> if you if you'd like to say you need a charger. Uh, yeah, you, you might know, just get a free one. Who knows? You might get a free, and if you get a free charger, who cares? Throw it in the trash. You didn't get a, you didn't get a massage gun. You got a charger, or throw it on eBay. Whatever. Travis, uh, what I can tell people is uh, somewhere in the the talk with Harrison Scott Key, which, by the way, I think I think this one was good, and I think that several of the ones we've done in the last couple of weeks have been pretty good, but yeah, that's uh, the thing is like a lot of these people that we talk to, even if people are not familiar with, yeah, I think they need to stick it out with us. Right. Like don't, don't not listen to the episode because you haven't heard of the guest because a lot of these people will surprise you. Do you think people do that? I don't think people do that. Travis. I mean, it's, it's a possibility, right? Let us know. Let us know if you do that. And let us know if you, you speed up the episodes too. Right? <laughs> I don't like either re- of those things. Don't do that. It's for research purposes, right? <laughs> uh, but I I brought up to him that I have been eyeballing one of those uh, bathtub desks, Travis, like a like a slab of wood you can stick over your bathtub and sit in the bathtub and and like uh, fiddle with your laptop and stuff. And no I can spoilers, tell you, but he did he just say, why don't you make your own? Well, he said that he doesn't uh, he doesn't want to muddy the waters of bath time. Oh, uh, he's sure. a he's a bath guy. We bonded over our love of baths, Travis. Sure, but he doesn't he doesn't want to bring work into the bath with him. Yeah, he just wants to enjoy the bath experience. But I just wanted to tell you, Travis, since that talk, my wife got me one a oh, bathtub man. desk. And what are you I, doing in there? I was working on this episode, Travis. I was working. Are you sure? Are you sure? Did you have to explain to her it wasn't for pornography? Well, it might be for pornography later. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her that. It might be lying. I thought that that would be like her first reaction. Like, you just want to watch porn. No, uh, no, no. That wasn't the reason I wanted it. But uh, I mean, I got to rule it out. You never know, man. Sorry, I don't know why I put a handful of nuts in my mouth. Yeah, that's inter- That's an interesting thing to do when you're yeah. recording. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> They're there. <laughs> Habit. So, I got what we're going to do, Travis. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Harrison Scott Key. He's, a, he's an author man. He's got a book, How to Stay Married. The most insane love story ever told is in bookstores now. If you if you order it from a bookstore by his house, he says he'll get on his bike and ride down there and sign it for you. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. That's what he said. That's pretty, that's pretty great. If you go to his website, he's got a couple of bookstores that are within a couple miles of his house. <laughs> they get, do they give him a call up when they yeah. say, hey, we sold a copy? That's exactly what he said. He said and then he rides the bike down there. He like, gives both of their phone numbers. And if you call them and like give them a credit card number over the phone so they can buy one of his books. He'll go sign it for you and they'll mail it to that's, you. That's amazing. <laughs> that's I, want people, I, want, I want people to do that just so he has to get on his bike and drive to the bookstore. <laughs> Tell him the dub FUD sent you while you're at it. because Yeah, put that in the checkout notes. Uh, yeah. Stick around. 
It's time once again for the Hollywood Beat with your inside source, Drunk. And this week, Drunk talks to Simon Pegg about his new film, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, in theaters July 12th. Tom Cruise needs to knock it off these stunts, right? I mean, enough already. So when people watch Tom go off that cliff, they won't only be thinking about Ethan, you know, on his mission. They'll be thinking, that's actually Tom. And that adds something to the experience of watching the movie because there's genuine jeopardy. Takes you right out of the movie. Sounds like a subtraction to me. I think you can make anyone do anything. You see people, you see these big super creatures having fights with each other and punching each other all over the sky. I think we're agreeing with each other. So I confess it to you now. The truth. My wife had this affair with a man who had been my friend. I want to tell you all about it. All the secret befores, all the dreadful afters, including the part where I cried so hard at work they sent me home with a frozen chicken pot pie. Men never talk about being betrayed. I want to. I feel I must. I have many deep convictions, and one of them is that suffering can and should be monetized. Like us. Follow us. Stalk us. We love the attention. And Doug. Lemu, I know you're my partner, and we're supposed to be professional. Like the professional service you get from Liberty Mutual, where you only pay for what you need. But I think I'm falling in love with you. I know it sounds crazy. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Limu Emu. Fuck me with your weird corkscrew bird dick. Ugh. Liberty, 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 liberty. Lemon meringue. Banana cream. Once again, WFOD, wheelbarrow full of dicks. Welcome back. Our guest tonight is winner of the Thurber Prize for American Humor. His new memoir is called How to Stay Married, The Most Insane Love Story Ever Told, and it's in bookstores now. Harrison Scott Key is on the program. What's going on behind you there? You got... Oh, I'm in a I'm in a forest canyon by Devil's Tower with some UFOs above my head. 
I went to Devil's Tower one time, and we were talking about the. This isn't interesting, but I I'm going to tell you about the one time I went to Devil's Tower. Somebody was on top of it, I think, because we were talking about the Mighty Ducks, and we were trying to rem- remember what two Dallas Stars players were in that movie. And somebody yelled down from Devil's Tower the answer to the question that we were asking. That is a, a kind of awesome story. <laughs> how, would, how would you even hear them? Is it that? Is it not that high? I have no idea. It was. It was really weird. We had way more fun messing with the Prairie Dogs afterwards. That's not a metaphor. That's like real, like no, real yeah, Prairie yeah, Dogs. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I read your book. Somebody recommended it to me. The not the new one, the second one, and. I loved it. Loved the, the book. one uh, with the pelican on the front. Yeah, that yeah. One. congratulations. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I love the book, and I related to it a lot. And uh, I did not know you had a new book coming out. I looked up. I wonder if this guy's written anything else. And I saw what the next one was about, and I was like, "Oh, god damn it!" <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, and so then I read that one, and it, it was a tougher read because I related to it a lot. So. <laughs> well, I'm sorry in advance. Yeah, yeah, no, but it, it's I mean it's great. It's just it's it's tough, man. I guess uh yeah. do people often have the reaction to reading your books like me and this guy should be best friends? Is that a common thing? Uh, yeah, or I hate this guy. Also that. One of the uh, when you write funny, um people make pretty snap decisions about you. They love your tone. They love the style. They totally get it or it's not for them. And fortunately in my career, it's been more of the former, like people uh, connect with me and I get lots of, I think we're related. I've gotten lots of email uh, and messages and DMs of like, oh my gosh, we are like, we're soul brothers. You're my soulmate. (laughs) Nobody else in the world ever I never knew nobody else, anybody else thought like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so I get it. Yeah, I get a lot of that. Do you think that we're all a lot more similar than we think we are? And you uh, just have yes a way of no. expressing it, I guess? Yeah. I mean, what's great about art is that art, and this goes for, especially for expressive narrative art. So like uh, novels, books, plays, songs, songwriting, music, that kind of thing is that you feel when you connect with a piece of art, you feel less alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all these uh, consciousness consciousnesses, you know, yeah. trapped inside our gray matter, using our eyeballs and our ears and all that to sort of interact with the world. And it, you can feel crazy. It, and whether you're really intelligent or not, uh, it's very easy to feel very alone in the world. And so when you connect with a great work of art or even just a good work of art, you feel a, a kinship. You feel simpatico with that artist, with that musician, with that writer. I mean, that's why um, that's why you tell people about books you love. Like in that in that second book, Congratulations, Who Are You Again? That you read. Yeah. Uh, you know, I talk about uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in that book. And everywhere I went on that tour, people were like, oh, my gosh. Like I would say Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in my book reading. I'd be talking about it. And people would just spontaneously applaud because they love that book. And you can imagine when you're, you know, 15 or 20 years old, 25 years old, and you read that book, 
uh, a lot of your family and friends might think you're a total weirdo for reading a book about, you know, aliens and UFOs. So when you meet other people who love the art that you do, or you meet the people who've made the art, absolutely you feel connection because they that art has made you feel less alone. Do you think that it's different than uh, like uh, Facebook or Twitter because you have to pay for it? <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's better. Yeah. Uh, well, it's better because you have to pay for it. You have to you have to put some skin in the game yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But it's also it requires more like, you know, to read a book, you're, you're committing uh, eight, nine, 12 hours of your life. Or if it's Lord of the Rings, you know, you're committing 60 hours of right. your life to it. You're more invested in it. And so you're it requires more of you to engage with it. Before I kind of lied to you because I told you I read your second book, I listened to the audiobook. And so it's freaking me out. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You the don't audio sound book, like the I guy. didn't do that audiobook. Yeah, I don't know who that guy is, but he doesn't sound anything like you. No, I so I did my first audiobook for the world's largest man, which is really, really fun. And Obviously, it it helps because I'm writing nonfiction and I'm writing like about people I know. So doing the voices and getting the inflections and the right pronunciations is really key. Yeah. So I did the first book. I could not do the second book <clears throat> because I was a professor at the time. I'm a dean right now, so I don't teach, but I was a professor at the time and it was the first week of classes. And I so I couldn't miss. And, you know, to to record an audiobook requires about a week, two weeks of your time. And so I couldn't do it. I was really frustrated, but I was exhausted. It was the first week of classes. I was had been getting ready for classes. So the so Harper Collins, my publisher of that book, gave me the opportunity to at least <clears throat> choose from three or four yeah. performers. So I chose this guy. But for this book, for my my new book, I I recorded that audiobook myself and my wife recorded her chapter in that audiobook. It, do you kind of uh put your promotional activities into the summertime to not interfere with your day job? Uh, yeah, kind of um, generally, out? yes. Uh, so my second book did come out in November, which is a quieter month. I work at SCAD, which is an, uh, a university, an art school in Savannah, Georgia. And so, yes, my first book and this book both came out in the summer because that was that's when I can travel. Yeah. It's just easier to do that, even though most books, like the big time for book releases is not in the summer. It's like in the winter, spring, and maybe fall right before Christmas. But whatever. A lot of people are coming out for the events I'm doing right now on tour. So I feel great about it. It's fine. Aren't you doing like a big train thing? Yeah, I'm on. A, I'm on we took the train from Chicago. We took the city of New Orleans line from Chicago uh, through Memphis. And I'm in Jackson right now, which is where I went to college. And so I have a lot of friends here. And then I get on the train to New Orleans tomorrow. And it's only about a three or four hour train ride. We'll get down there. I'll do a couple of events there. Then we'll get back on the train and go up to Birmingham, Alabama. And I'll do some events there. And then that's where I meet up with my family. So I'll be in the car with them for the rest of the tour. They're going <clears> to <throat> drive down and meet you somewhere? Yeah, they're in Savannah right now, which is where we live. Oh, and you're not in Savannah right now. No, no, yeah, I'm in Jackson, <laughs> Mississippi right now. In the middle of the woods. Did you become a percussionist during <clears throat> the events of this book, or have you always had drums in your life? No, I've always, oh, I've not always been a drummer. I started, I've always been uh, musical, I guess. Um, but it was not until 
Uh, my senior year of high school that I really started to play the drums. My best friend's father was a one of these sort of, you know, multi-talented musicians who could play the drums, the sax or the keys or whatever. And he had a drum kit in his trailer. And I would go hang out with my friend after school in the trailer and he had drums and I would just kind of bang on them like kids do when they sit at drums. You just yeah. bang on them like a monkey. And he said, you know, please stop. Let me show you like a basic 4-4 four, four, like rock rhythm. And he taught me a basic rhythm and I was hooked. And so I was in two or three bands in college. I was in a band in grad school. We played, uh, you know, Southern rock. We played jazz. We played a lot of funk. We played like everything from like David Bowie to Fish, whatever. And then I, I let drums go for a long time because we had young kids and I was in you know grad school and I was, you know, just when in my 30s, it was just really hard. And then I picked drums back up in like 2017 and started a cover band. And the same guys I was in the cover band with were guys that I went to church with. And so we play. So they asked me to play drums at church. And that's honestly been the best thing for my um, abilities, because like playing at church, having to learn four new songs. I have, we get there at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and I have until 10 a.m. to know the songs, the whole band. We have an hour to learn the songs. And that has forced me to become much tighter, uh, a better listener and so that's been awesome. Yeah, I love it. That's I love probably the way it. to do it, I guess, is just to do it a lot, right? Yeah, right. doing it a lot. That's that's the number one thing for writing, for anything. Do it a lot. The ass in chair, right? Yeah, put the ass in the chair or the ass on the drum stool. My co-host, Travis, claims that he invented that phrase. And I told him he's ridiculous and that that's been said for as long as things have been said. I think that's I think that's cool that he thinks he invented it though. That's awesome. Yeah. I know people like that who think they invented things. <laughs> like I invented the the phrase antiperspirant. <laughs> like, like I'm gonna just pick a, a few things like that just to say that I can't. My dad told told me when I was like five that he invented Velcro, and I believed him until I was until I was like 15 years old. I was like, wait, no, we would. I asked my mom, I was like, did dad invent Velcro? And she's like, honey, we would have a swimming pool if your father invented Velcro. And so I realized, no, he clearly did not invent Velcro. There's probably guys that invented something right before it got invented by someone else. And yeah. just nobody knows about it. A hundred percent. That's like, there's a name for that, that phenomenon where something happens in the culture and like two, like two different people invent the internet at the same time. Yeah. Uh, that totally happens. I've been told, and I don't know if this holds up, but you, you just put it in an envelope and mail it to yourself, and that <clears> counts. Um, that I that does not work at all. It, <laughs> now, um, but I also had been told that that if you just yeah, because the 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 stamp, uh, the watermark, or whatever they call that, when the mail when the post office processes the mail, it somehow that's an official seal. And if you don't open the envelope after it's got that seal, then that it's almost like it's been uh, been notarized. Um, but I think the kind of people who say that are the kind of people who think the Earth is flat. I don't want to be one of those people, Harrison. It's just that's what they they told me. I never tried it, but I just always assumed it was mm -hmm. true. You can no, you can get a patent. It's or not a patent, but a, you can get a trademark. You just have to. There's a form you can. I, you can probably do it online now. I when I wrote my um, my fir first few plays in graduate school, 
I wanted to get them copywritten. And there was a form you print it out and you fill it out and then you just mail it off. Yeah. And, and it was very easy. The second book that you wrote dealt a lot with writing your first book. Uh, and yeah. you were kind of obsessive about writing the book and, and spending a mm -hmm. lot of time uh, before work in coffee shops and stuff. Yep. Has your writing process changed now or do you still do it the same way? It hasn't changed at all. I still do the same thing. I still get up between 4.30 and 5.30 every day. I write for three to four hours in the morning. Um, if I'm traveling, like right now I'm on tour, so I'm not, I don't have much time to write because yeah. I'm usually staying with people and, you know, there's a lot more to do. You, you, you become your own social media intern when a book, when you're on book tour, because you get so many DMs. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. There's so all the creative energy that I would be spending on my next book, I'm actually spending on that. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, I still have the same routine. Absolutely. And if I don't get to write, I, I, I'm cranky for the rest of the day. If I don't have two or three hours at the computer, uh, it, the world is not right. So that's the hardest thing about touring is that I don't get to write as much. Do you sit on the couch and watch TV a lot? Or do you no. just feel guilty that you're not doing something? No, I, I mean, I do. I'm, I'm a natural worker. I just love to work the yeah. creative process and being creative is very fun for me. Yeah. Uh, it engages my mind. It, it's very addictive. I, I do watch TV uh, at night. I might like we might eat dinner. Uh, I have three children. And so my wife and my kids and I will eat dinner. And then my wife and I might go watch an hour of something in bed. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I, I was kind of wondering is because like I never watch TV by myself. No, I, if I was TV on the road, if I'm on the road, I do. You do? You just sit yeah, in a like, hotel room? Yeah, like I'm watching like uh, I'm like I'm rewatching Dune since it's on HBO right now. And I'm really enjoying it much more the second time than the first time I saw it in the theaters. So, yeah, like I'll, I'll watch a little 20, 30 minute, you know, snippets of it um, when I'm traveling. But otherwise, I'm watching it with my wife. And I, I mean, you do, you know, I mean, you make podcasts. So you do a lot of creative yeah, things. Yeah. Your brain does get tired and you kind of have to, like, let it fill back up again. And I, I usually do that. Like TV does that. I also read a lot. I probably read about an hour a day, too. You do that in at night before you go to bed? Uh, yeah, I mostly read at night before bed. So we'll, my wife and I will watch some TV and then she'll go to bed or play on her phone to kind of wind down and I'll read for 30, 45 minutes. Uh, I read, I love to read in the bathtub. Uh, yeah, that's, I, that's a good one. I, I love it, man. Yeah. I've been reading in the bathtub since I was a kid. I love doing that uh, I, because your phone's sort of not there. I'll read on trains and planes. Um, I'll read in the doctor's office. You know, I'll take my book with me wherever I go. Harrison, I've been I've been researching the the bathtub desk. Yes. Just get like a like a slab of wood or something to go across. Yes. I I couldn't do that, man. The bathtub is my sanctuary. Like that's my like uh, Chris. What it what is the place in Superman like Crystal City or something? You know, like the, you know, that he yeah, goes no, to like, I, like, the fortress of solitude. Is that yeah, bathtub is my fortress of solitude. I love it because I can't write. Now, I, if I get an idea, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll kind of like stretch out from the tub and grab my phone and I'll like make an audio message to myself so I don't forget it. 
Yeah. Because ideas are very fleeting. Ideas are like they're shooting stars. And if you're not looking up, you won't see them. And if you won't remember them. And so oh, yeah, like they're, they're gone in always, seconds. You have to yeah. write them down immediately. Yes, you have to capture them. So I will make a note, but I love what I love about the bath is that it's my it's my chance to just read and nobody bothers me. I love it. I w- I would take a 30 minute bath every day if I could. So maybe you're right. Maybe maybe if I'd got the bathtub desk, I'd hate it. I don't I mean, I've seen that and I like the idea of it. And, you know, you see it and people have like a glass of wine. Yeah, and there's got like some- a little cup holder on it. You've got to find the process that works for you. Like Mark Twain wrote in the bed. Uh, My wife loves to work in the bed. Like she'll have her laptop out. She works remotely and she works in the bed from eight o'clock until noon every day. I would feel like a complete sloth. I would feel like a worthless individual if I sat in bed and worked for 12 hours. But she loves it. She says she gets more work done. So I say, if you want the, if you want the, the bathtub desk, like do it, man. Like if it works for you, yeah. do it. I just feel like the water would get tepid. No, yeah, no, the, the water does get tepid. I just zone out. And then before you know it, I'm sitting there and the water's cold and it doesn't it I, I realize I have been there for 45 minutes. I mean a bath a reading in the bathtub, it's like a 45 minute cigarette break. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. On your website, you have two bookstores that people can call and have you sign their book. Is that a, uh, is that a, a worthwhile venture to open an independent bookstore near your house? Are, are we selling enough books to make that worth it? Uh, we're selling a lot of books. I don't know if we're selling enough that you should open up your own. Um, but yeah, I, so I, li- I live in Savannah, Georgia, and it's such a small town. And people are always asking me, like, can I get a signed book? And I used to, I used to just keep a, my books in stock at my house. Right published by this new book is published by Simon and Schuster. So I'm, this isn't self-published. So they, they handle the books, but so many people asked me for signed books that I just started keeping them. And I've actually had like a sales page on my website and like, you know, people could buy the book. I would sign it to their, them or their dad or whatever and mail it off. But I realized that uh, I love local bookstores. I love independent bookstores. So why not just throw the business to them? Sure. And so what happens is I have their names on my website, you, their addresses, and you can call the phone number. And they'll call me. They'll literally call me or email me. They're like, Harrison, I have a couple of books for you to sign for people. And the bookstores are about a five-minute walk from my office in downtown Savannah. So I just walk down there and sign the books. It's so That's easy. really cool. So I guess that's where I should send people. I should send people to harrisonscottkey.com. They call one of these two. I mean, it's on Amazon and stuff if if you're lazy. Yeah. If you want a signed book, um, you can uh, Google uh, e-shaver books. That's e and then shaver, like you're shaving your face. E-shaver books or the book lady, both in Savannah, Georgia. They are bookstores that are very close to one another, and both of them have copies of all three of my books. And if you want one signed as a special gift, you can order it over the phone, give them your information. They will literally text me, email me, or call me. And they're like, hey, please come down here and sign some books for these people. And I'll go down there on my lunch break. I'll sign some books, and then you'll have it. Or you can just order it off of you know Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whatever. So, guys, the book is called How to Stay Married, the Most Insane Love Story Ever Told. It's out now. Check out uh, Harrison's website, I guess, to see if he's uh, 
visiting a town near you? You, your questions are really interesting, and I feel like uh, if you if you connected with that second book, congratulations. Who are you again? If you're creative, if you're out there listening and creative, struggling to figure out what you're supposed to be doing with your life, that's a great book for anybody. So I appreciate you asking me about that because I haven't talked to people about that book in a couple of years. Yeah, I, I guess I need to read the first one now so I could get the full trilogy. There, yes, there. All these books. I mean, this last one's pretty heavy. It's about infidelity. God, uh, marriage, love, but it's very funny. It's still very funny. Uh, but the first two books are a riot. I mean, straight up, there's a lot of head. There's a lot of, uh, you might cry a little bit in any book I write. I mean, I could write a book about, uh, two werewolf space aliens and it would make you cry at some point. Like I just love, I love to do that in a story because I love to experience that in a movie or a show or a book that I'm reading. So they're all funny, but they're also moving in strange places. You keep teasing all these like aardvark going to the dentist books and stuff. Are, are you, you making these books or is that just a goof? Um, it's a little of both. So I'm currently working on a book about a Bigfoot, uh, a, a novel about a Bigfoot who plays college football. And it's called Big Man on Campus. Um, and this this is I've written three autobiographical books, nonfiction books, and I'm so excited to be writing a, a work of fiction. Uh, and I love a good dare, a creative dare. And the dare is, can I write a literary book, a literary novel about a freaking Sasquatch? And that is the challenge, my friend. I'm going to try to do it. He He wouldn't he wouldn't get the grades, right? They'd kick him right out of there. Have you? I don't. I've worked at many universities, and Sasquatches are at least as smart as the, some of the students I've taught. So I feel like it would be a great satire. But that's that would be the that would be the whole journey of the book is can this guy learn to like write an essay for his English class and be a great defensive end? I'm picturing like an Encino Man, the the Pauly Shore movie. Yeah, there's a yeah, that's so that's yeah, there'd be a little bit of that for sure. Uh a little bit of teen wolf vibe there. Okay. Yeah. I'm but like that. can it be literary? Can it be like I want to write that I want to win the national book award with a book about a Sasquatch. <laughs> I I love that challenge. Oh, I want to get like I want to get who wrote uh I want to get like I want to get John Grisham to blurb this book. I want to get I want to get Barack Obama to blurb my Sasquatch novel. What do you do? Do you send it to him? Do you say, hey, man, I love your notes on this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, blurbing is the it is awful. Blurbing is so awful. Um, so sometimes it means you literally cold call these people. You, you find their information online and you literally send them a manuscript or a book. You reach out to them. Uh, I used to, for my first book, when I wasn't known at all, I had my children draw pictures for these people. And like these, like Jim Gaffigan, because he had written, he, you know, he has jokes about being a father. And yeah. I talked about it in my first book. I had my children write the note and like draw them a picture. My favorite, and some of these people responded, David Sedaris typed me a letter and, and email and, and meant not email mailed it to me. And he said, I will not blurb your book because I get asked to do this about 20 times a day. He goes, but I will give you my agent's phone number. 
Ira Glass from. Uh, is there any you know, way that you can make that David Sedaris letter the blurb? You probably could. Technically, you could. Uh, I asked Ira Glass for a blurb, and he sent back a signed headshot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What the what balls on Ira?" I yeah. love that. But usually, what you do is you talk to people you know, uh, and if you're if you're if you're big enough, or if your publisher is big enough, they will they will have a relationship with an, a big name. And they can get a blurb too. So, but you're using every angle. If your cousin's, you know, ex boyfriend once worked for Jenna Bush at the Today Show, like you are going to use that relationship to try and get a George W. Bush blurb on your book. Like you, you work every angle. Is there like a scientific study that determines that having a George W. Bush blurb on your book helps you sell books? Dude, that should be a that should be a PhD dissertation topic. Does it to actually if, matter? I think it only matters uh, if the name is big enough and you love that person. So, like, there are some writers that I love. You know, if I saw their blurb on a book, I would at least read the first page. But what you really want is you want a line from a review, and you put that on the top of the of the paperback. That's what you really want. So, I mean, I don't think, like, we didn't put any blurbs on the front or back of this book, this new book, How to Stay Married. I, I was so thankful to my editor. He was like, you know what? He wanted a very stark book, like black. He wanted totally black. Right. Uh, and it's kind of, the, the book is a, it's a funny book, but it's also kind of a horror book. It's a, like a mystery, horror, suspense book about this marriage and all the crazy stuff that happened. He didn't want any blurb on there. And I was so grateful that I didn't have to go asking people for blurbs. I hate doing it. And I hate getting asked for blurbs. And any writer you will meet hates doing it. Like, it is rare to be asked to blurb a book and you're excited about it. It is very rare that that happens. It's just part of the, it's part of the thing. If you write one, do you actually read the book? Oh, no. I, what I tell people uh, is if I have friends. So the new rule is, now that I'm famous, the new rule is I will only blurb your book if I know you, because I have a lot of a lot of friends now who are writers. So if, if I know you or know somebody, you know, then I will consider it. Yeah. Because otherwise you just you, like you're given this giant stack of books that are probably mediocre. You don't want to read them all. And if I so if I agree to consider the blurb, I'll say. I tell it, I just tell people straight up, I'll say, I'm going to read the first chapter. And if I feel like this is a book, like that's awesome that yeah. I can get behind, then I'll blurb it. But I'm only going to read the first chapter. I just tell people that. How far do you have to get into the book before you send them signed headshot? <laughs> you don't, if only Ira Glass is, is uh, lofty enough. <laughs> Honestly, it's brilliant. I think I'm going to get headshots like black and whites made like i'm a cast member on you know like second city improv in With chicago your, your hand on your chin yeah like wearing a black turtleneck yeah like this and when somebody asks me for a blurb i'm just gonna sign that freaking picture and mail it to them and not say yes or no just <laughs> mail them the headshot and be like all the best <laughs> that, that, that's a ballsy move i had so much more respect for ira glass when i got that headshot do you still have it Yes, I have it in my office. Do you have it framed or is it just in a drawer? 
No, I, I drew X's on his eyes in the headshot <laughs> and then put the thumbtack like right through his forehead. He, I love Ira Glass. He, he should have me on his show. I would consider it. <laughs> oh, you'd do it, you think? Maybe? I would, I would consider it. If you weren't yeah. busy? If I wasn't busy. Harrison, I appreciate your time, man. It was cool talking to you. Um, when, the, uh, when the Bigfoot book comes out, we'll have to do it again, man. Dude, I would look. I look forward to a time when I have a book about a Bigfoot, and I will be so excited to talk to you about it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading it, man. Well, thank you. Thanks. Take care, man. All right. We'll see you later. Good luck on the tour. Thank you. Spotify gave uh, Harry and Megan $25 million to make podcasts. Uh, I think I did hear that, but they haven't yet, right? Well, they put out 12 episodes of something that she was doing. uh, And then she was already doing. Well, no, I think she did it for this $25 million. But then after 12 episodes, they decided they didn't want to do it anymore. (laughs) And they got the 25 million. Do they get to keep the 25 million? Uh, you wouldn't think so if there was some sort of agreement in uh, put in place, like where they had to do a minimum amount. Like you wouldn't think Spotify would be like, yeah, twelve episodes. Yeah, twelve episodes. That's fine. fine. No worries about twelve episodes. That's crazy. That yeah, they would offer them that. Like, who's gonna be like, ooh, I gotta listen to that podcast. It's probably <clears throat> great. Well, the funny thing about those people is like, you know, they left the royal family to do all this shit and yeah sure there's been some stuff but does anybody give a shit i don't like i don't think the the thing is and this is this is weird because i think that people give a shit about things that we don't give a shit about and we just think nobody gives a shit about them because we don't give a shit about them yeah, that could be. That's the same thing with like the uh, Kardashians, right? Like people obviously give a shit. Yeah, there's lots of I, stuff going on in the room that we don't give a shit about, but other yeah. people do. Because otherwise, they wouldn't still be putting out television programs and selling products and being part of popular culture if nobody gave a shit. Right? So somebody, somebody gives a shit. It's just like all those housewives shows. You know, there's like what are those? Like 15, 16 real housewives of whatever, and like they've been going forever as well. Like. People obviously give a shit. Why do people watch those, though? Why don't they watch good stuff, Travis? 
Uh, people do like train wrecks, right? Like, and I think there's a certain subculture of our society that was probably bred on terrible reality shows that just never jumped off that train and then just kept riding it. So every time a new one popped up, they were on board, like Vanderpump Rules or Florabama Shore, you know? Somebody brought it up to me, and it's happened a couple of times, and I always tell them not to. But people tell us that they listen to our show at faster speeds. And I don't don't, like that. I don't like it, Travis. If I could turn that off, I would. Yeah, if you could take off the 1.5 speed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If I had control of that, I wouldn't let them do it. Like, what's the sense of that? Like, I've I've been listening to podcasts for years and never have I thought, man, I really wish I could save a minute and a half when listening (laughs) to this show. And I guess it shouldn't bother me. I mean, thanks for downloading it, I guess. Yeah, I guess listen to it however you want. I just don't understand. But it does, and I don't know why it does, Travis. But I've been reading about it and trying to find the reason why I hate it and what I can tell people. And there is one place that said that you don't comprehend hardly any of it because your brain just don't work that way. And there's another uh, article that said that if you just listen to that all the time, now you can train your brain. It helps if it's someone's voice that you kind of already know their cadence and the way that they talk so that you can train your brain to just kind of fill in the gaps and, listen to it at whatever speed you want to get the information. So if avid listeners who have heard us at one speed for long enough, they can probably speed us up and catch it. But a lot of people, they, they, they're just overloading their brain. If you had the option to watch a movie at 1.5 speed with the sound, would you No. Like, what is, what is the point of that? The Z one Oh seven Travis, it's the, the hit music station in our, in our town here. Yeah, mm-hmm. they speed up songs. You can tell it's just barely sped up, but it's sped up and you so can hear it cram more in there. I guess. Yeah, you cram more songs in. you can get to the commercials faster. I don't know what the fucking reason is, but when I listen to it, I'm like, those fuckers are speeding it up. I can tell it's just a little bit, but you can tell one of the, the blogs I read, Travis, I'm just trying to poke holes in the whole fucking thing mm-hmm. uh, said that. If you spend all fucking day listening to podcasts at faster speeds, then you start getting impatient with your loved ones and your coworkers because you expect them to talk faster. Like, get to the fucking point. Oh, sure. So it, it fucks up your personal relationships. That's the thing. When you, you, you can retrain your brain to pretty much perceive anything any way you want. Right. <clears throat> you know, that's I think that's part of you know, addiction recovery and things, right? Like it's just forcing your brain to be a way that it's not naturally uh, predisposed to be. And I would think that that's absolutely true. If you train your brain to want to retrieve information at 1.5 speeds, then everything else is going to, it's like the flash, right? Like everything to the flash (laughs) who's running at a million miles per hour, you know, go on a fucking coffee break while, you know, jeans tying his shoe quick. Like, I, you, I mean, so the rest of his day is really boring, the, right? The when rest he, of his day has got to be maddening because it's moving so slowly. Did you go see the flash, Travis? Yeah, I really liked it. You liked it? I did. did uh, it's, it's got a bunch of hate and I can see why, but uh, it was very fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, seeing Michael Keaton back in the bat suit uh, was enough for me to to give it a 
a good score and uh it was a fun story like it was it was the basis of the flashpoint story they obviously distilled it to be part of the dcu um there were some fun cameos and some ridiculous things that popped up towards the end at the at the climax you can tell it was stepped on by three different studio uh regimes but uh all in all uh, we had a lot of fun with it. The kids liked it. Even my wife, who doesn't usually watch uh, superhero fair, uh, enjoyed it. So, How'd you yeah, get her to go? Well, it was Father's Day, and I said oh. for Father's Day, I want to go guilt- see the Flash. You guilted her? <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, typically, <laughs> typically for Father's Day or my birthday, I'll be like, "What do you want to do?" And usually, I'm like, "Nothing. I want to do nothing." That's literally what I want to do. But the Flash was out, so I said, "Hey, for Father's Day, I'd like to see the Flash." So everybody was like, "Yep," and the kids wanted to see it anyway. But then the wife was like, yeah, okay. And then we all went as a family to, to watch The Flash. That's and, really uh, special, Travis. Yeah, we all enjoyed it. I liked it. I walked out of there uh, with a lot of moments from the movie in my head that I really found uh, to be wonderful. And uh, yeah, all in all, I really, really enjoyed it. Travis, I guess I don't, I don't need to do a bunch of finding the things that reinforce something just because it irritates me. Uh, but uh, why not though? That's what right? I did. Like, that's what I did. People that's what, I, I think Rob science. Pastoria said he listened to the show at 1.5. I was like, I'm, I'm going to talk him out of this. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, that's science, right? <laughs> you, 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 you come up with a, you come up with a theoretical thing. Like this is not something that I think is good. And then you research the shit out of it until you prove that it is, in fact, bad. I saw that this week, that, that you can't argue with science. So if I just say it's science, then he can't listen at a faster speed. Right. Science yeah, says... Yeah, it's science, Rob. Turn the science speed back says, to normal. No, naughty. Naughty. Travis, uh, would, you, would you say The Flash is your pick of the week, or do you have a different pick of the week? No, I have a different pick of the week, as a matter of fact. Would you like me to tell you what it is? Well, I have a pick of the week, too. Do you want me to go first? or do you? Yeah, you go first. Uh, Fla- Flash is, was not so good that it was my pick of the week. You're either going to like it or you're not going to like it. I'm not going to send people off to something that they have preconceived notions about and then have them be like, oh, just like the internet said, it was sucked. It's the <laughs> fucking worst movie that ex- existed. I've found that it's just better off saying So what you're saying nothing. is, if you're not going to like The Flash, you're already not going to like The you Flash. You already know you're not going to like okay. The Flash. Most of like the comic groups and shit that I'm in, they're all like, oh yeah, we all really liked it. You know, and it's like, the internet has been telling you that The Flash is terrible for a week and a half, and you've probably made up your mind already whether you've seen it or not. So I'm not going to suggest uh, you Let me watch ask something you the, that you wouldn't this, watch. This is me going into The Flash. I would say, <clears throat> don't give a fuck about The Flash. Really mm-hmm. give a fuck about seeing Michael Keaton as Batman. Am I going to like you'll, The Flash? You, you'll like it. Okay, yeah. good, good. Yeah, Michael Keaton's in it a shit ton. Yeah. And the, the, the broad who plays Supergirl is great. And uh, not mad at the flash. Right. Just don't give a fuck about the flash. He runs. Who cares? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, and it's Ezra Miller. If you have preconceived notions about Ezra Miller, you're going to you're not going to like it. What did he he kidnapped somebody or something? What did he do? He broke into somebody's house and like, yeah, quote unquote, kidnapped them. Really not a great guy. Not going to invite him to dinner. Right. No. Yeah. He's going through some shit, obviously. Right. Uh, But yeah, like Ezra Miller. But he's a great actor. Uh, If you've never seen what we need to talk about, Kevin. I don't suggest it because it's a real fucking downer, uh, but he's really good. At <laughs> is it. he Kevin? He's Kevin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. need to talk about why? Why is he? Did he kill people? Have you never seen it? What did Kevin do? Oh, it's a fucking school. Not shooting, but pretty much. Oh, movie. yeah. I don't. But it, like, le- it leads up to it. Like 
it's a, it's a build like the climax is is that so spoiler alert if you haven't seen we need to talk about kevin but he's an amazing actor in most things that he's in and he's a lot of fun uh in the flash uh, he plays two different parts uh and he's very funny playing off himself and uh yeah so but yeah i i think you'll like the play I, I don't necessarily know that you'll like it but you'll be like yeah it was fine travis my uh my pick of the week is it's an Instagram account, but it's a gal with an Instagram account who makes music. And a lot of her music, or a lot of her Instagram, I think it's her Tic Tac. So this gal, her name is Boy Junior. Have you heard of Boy Junior? No, never heard of Boy Junior. She does a lot of uh, what if so-and-so made so-and-so things uh, where like uh, she, you know, has like a what if uh, Britney Spears made a Nirvana song, you know things like that. Oh sure, what if what if Scott Weiland did Party in the USA? But they're they're great. She's she's funny. She has like an interesting presence. I, I don't really know what her deal is, Travis. <clears throat> sure, uh, but I, I do enjoy her content a lot. I, I I have one I can play you. It's a what if Billie Eilish did Last Night by the Strokes. Do you want to hear that? Yeah, let's. Go. Is she making the music or is she just like she's making the music she's doing she's a musician she tours uh so she but, sings and she plays instruments yeah, and yeah. makes beats and shit like that and, okay, and, and right. it's funny because I, I would think that she probably has like a little bit of cash because she's not like obscure but like everything she makes is in this goofy little bedroom so it, like it looks like just like a crazy person is unleashed with a with an instagram account so essentially she looks like all Instagram slash OnlyFans slash TikTok people. They're no, just like she doesn't producing. look like that at all. She but I mean, looks like, completely. She looks. She looks a lot younger than she probably is. Uh, oh, sure. She, I, she. It's not like a. She's attractive thing. I mean, you're t- saying she does it all from her bedroom. That's my point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's all. All of those other influencers slash uh, online people. They all have their one room that they do <laughs> right right and she just she seems like she has a lot of fun travis so i, I always well, enjoy her. her content I, that's somebody doing what they love and loving what they do right you really, right i mean you gotta you gotta applaud people for that right I, I i guess secondary pick of the week travis i read two harrison scott key books this in the past week or two i guess oh, harrison scott go. key should probably be my pick of the week because this fucking guy reading all i gotta get the first one now i read well, two i mean and the guys on the show you don't have to make them the pick of the week right we already uh don't have to gave him the showcase Travis, i think you, i think you'd like the one i i read the or listen to the audio book of because it's all about uh you know following your dream and and uh you know writing and and I'm putting your ass old. in the chair too old for it though you know you think it is make you sad yeah, it's just that that's so much going on. It's going to be I'm going to be 50 before I can follow my dream. You know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> OK, so my pick of the week this week is like not anything uh, crazy. Um, Ted Lasso season three. We just started watching it. I got Apple Plus back uh, this week. 
because I was just sick of paying for Apple Plus because there ain't shit on it. Uh, yeah, just wait till this- it's done so you can right. watch them all and then cancel it again. Yep, exactly. So I got I got it back so I can uh, finish Mythic Quest and watch the couple of movies that uh, I saw on there. there. There's a new series with Tom Holland and, and Amanda Seyfried that looks actually very interesting. But uh, besides the point, Ted Lasso, we're only a few episodes in, but it's amazing about that show is that uh, when I'm not watching it, I forgot. I forget how much I love that show. But when it's on the television, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is I love watching this television program and I love these characters. Travis, and, uh, not to spoil these, these, it, sticks the landing, sticks the landing. Totally. Fantastic. Travis. I love it. I love it. They're, and they're setting it up. You can see they're setting up the ending already. Yeah. In the first few episodes, uh, you know, a lot of it, they're, they're 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 moving real fast. And it's like, oh, you know, they're building towards something. And. I'll tell you what, I'd spend time with these characters every day. They're great. Ted Lasso season three is no different than the previous two seasons. So if you haven't watched Ted Lasso at all, I highly recommend you jump on it. Don't be one of those naysayers. Oh, everybody loves Ted Lasso. I'm not going to watch Ted Lasso. Don't be an asshole. Watch Ted Lasso. (laughs) If you've been waiting to watch season three because you don't want to pay for Apple Plus. Well, guess what? Ted Lasso is over. You can now get Apple Plus. Binge the whole goddamn series and cancel that piece of shit. If there's somewhere that you can make it known that you are only subscribing for that show, just so that Apple knows, hey, get right. more stuff. The the one nice thing, and actually also kind of the, the bad thing, is the other show that I really liked on there that I'm sure was my pick of the week at some point, The After Party, uh, starring uh, Sam Richardson and a bunch of other people. I think Benny Schwaz was in there. Um, that show is coming back, I believe, at the beginning of July. So unfortunately... It's coming back just as my Apple Plus would renew. So I don't know if I'll let it lapse and then Reese Reese. Uh, oh, no, Trevor, you might August. have to give him like four bucks. Yeah, I might have to give him four bucks for like three months in a row, which is <laughs> is terrible uh, because of the lack of content on there. Um, but no, there is there's some good stuff on there. Uh, yeah, I'll try to burn through it. But after party, I'm very excited for on the Apple Plus. So I guess, yeah, maybe I'll send Apple an email and say, hey, you know what you got on this? Get more uh, shows app that's any good these three shows that's it guys we did it uh get harrison scott key's book it's called uh how to stay married the most insane love story ever told it's it's in bookstores now crazy read travis crazy uh crazy story the guy told so uh yeah bye For listening to this installment of WFOD, our operation is 100% independent, so your support is appreciated. We don't advertise, so we rely on word of mouth. Please take a moment to tell a friend, share a link, leave a review, or any of the other things podcasts ask you to do. 
Music featured in this episode is by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Check him out at whitebataudio.com. You can contact us with comments or questions by phone at 636-487-HAND or by email at mike at wfodicks.com, travis at wfodicks.com, or drunk at wfodicks.com. Special thanks, as always, to our Patreon sponsors, Jim Chadman, Brian Kranz, Liquid Lozenge, Valerie Carpenter, Jay Adson, and Rabbit Poundings. If you want early access to episodes, you can support the show at patreon.com slash WFODicks. Our entire catalog can be found at WFODshow.com, or you can find our feed of the latest episodes on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, iHeart, or wherever else fine podcasts are found. Check us out on social media, WFOD Show on Twitter and Instagram, WFODicks on Facebook and YouTube. We will return next week, but really, we're never gone. Take care. Oh, my God.